0: hey everybody my name is richard bezayner welcome to another conversation with me richard your host and today i'm having a conversation with jerusha governor who is an amazing person who knows all things data more than i know data i think uh and we're about to just chat about business data and all things life hey did you so, just,
1: <laughs> just started
0: i uh, just started <laughs> Hey Janusha, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having this conversation with me. How are you today?
1: Hi Richard, thanks for having me on Mission Talks. Um, Yeah, I'm doing great today.
0: So uh, Janusha, just for the people who are meeting you perhaps for the first time, I know that some of your audiences will be meeting me for the first time. For for those who don't know who you are and what it is that you do, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay, sure. So, I'm the Founder and the Managing Director of Data Innovator and I've been um, the MD at Data Innovator since 2015. Um, My background is actually in monitoring and evaluation, mainly in the health sector. And so, I've always worked for over a decade now with data that's related to um, health sector performance, understanding what the impact is of NGO or funder or even tertiary institute interventions and helping organizations measure that and so in the past like decade or so i've worked with various ngos cso's and uh, my previous roles have always been in in capacity building and really setting up systems often these systems were pretty technical systems and it was always around being accountable to the donor or accountable to government. And through my work there, I've always picked up that actually a lot of these organizations are not highly skilled in using data, that me coming from a more academic background in data, in biostatistics and public health, um, the users of the information that I was working with wasn't, were, were probably like your social development type people or doctors. They were really the people that were conceptualizing a development program and the drivers or the the advocacy agents, but they were not able to actually interrogate what data means, how can they use it, and actually how do they then really leverage the value of data. So I've always been passionate around making data useful and user-friendly in the development space. And so in 2015, I started Data Innovator after working in an international NGO in Southern Africa. And um, I committed to have my work around helping organizations tell stories with data. And I kept it quite simple because I wanted um, data to become something accessible and useful to these development organizations that really need to harness it and that it's not just like a, a private sector, high-end, high-tech kind of, um, you know, a, a tool for organizations to, to use. So, yeah, so through my work, um, I now yeah, offer these various services around building data skills, um, helping organizations better utilize data, and setting up systems so that, yeah, these entities can actually harness the value of data for for the, for the work that they do. So, yeah, that's me in a, a nutshell. What, what are the kind of things that when
0: you encounter sort of new clients and, and entities, when you go in and have a conversation with them, what are the common issues that you see um, that, that you are contracted into uh, to, to, to try and solve for them?
1: Sure. So it, it varies, but often, so we, our offering is really like a solution focused offering. So we have a package of, we offer these four things, but actually never works completely like that. Um, a lot of the time we have to really interrogate with the potential client, like, actually, what are, like, just tell me what you do with data, because then that kind of helps us unpack, like, throughout the data value chain, where, where are some of the gaps. And so they will be able to tell us, like, okay, actually, we don't, one, maybe we don't even collect any data. Our donor is saying that we need to show impact, but we actually don't have any information or any data at all. So sometimes the problem is right at the beginning of the value chain that actually they're not collecting the right stuff. And so we'll offer the solution on how do you think about actually measuring it. So the, these are things like if I'm, for example, um, running a HIV prevention program and you need to think about, OK, you've, you've disseminated communication material, you've gone out and educated young people. How do you actually what, what do I actually collect to say that that worked? And so we help define what data do you actually need first? And then if we keep going uh, along the value chain and asking about, okay, so you do, maybe you do collect data. Where's that data stored? How do, you, how do you manage it? And often we'd find that there's some kind of, there's, a, there's another gap potentially there that actually we collect information, but it's all over the province. Somebody's got it on their laptop in the Western Cape. Another person sent me, uh, faxed me a doc, not faxed me, scanned a document. Um, and so then we, we identify those kind of storage and management challenges. But the, the, the big, bigger challenge or the one that I'm also really, it's kind of my passion area, is at the end of the value chain where people are like, okay, we've collected data, we've got it in these places, but we actually don't even know what to do with it. Or we, we put it in a report on an annual basis and it sits there and they've got like this, you know, this honeypot of valuable insights. And so... One of the bigger areas of challenge or gaps that we've identified is that actually sometimes people have a lot of information, but they just don't know what to do with it. And so it's more like from a strategic side, looking at actually what kind of insights can you draw from that and then how can you package it. So we'll often come up with solutions like your dashboards, your infographics, but it's actually around what's the strategic communication solution that goes with this. Part of information that's sitting with you, and you actually have no clue how to use it yet. So it's like really mining it for the insights that, like as you say, um, can become the knowledge to make a decision.
0: Yeah, one of the things that um, you know I resonate with that is that you people people often latch on to uh, some of the hype uh, technologies and the hype keywords like big data, and they say we got to have big data, we've got to have a data lake, and we've got to this and that and the other and. Uh, uh, I always ask the question, sort of tongue in cheek, but it's like, what are you doing with small data? Like before we talk about big data, what are you doing with small data? Yeah. So yes, I mean that's that's great for like the businesses, you know. Um, but you also seem to be involved in in lots of other things. You know, I always see you 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 involved in in seminars, you uh, in the promotion of 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 women in tech, you are in the promotion of data and and this the 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 profession of 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 data science and so so what what else is happening in in your life what are those uh interests are they just interests? are they are they more than just interesting
1: yeah i am always involved in many things so i mean data innovator it's a it's a it's a for-profit business but our model is completely socially conscious and I say that because even though we generate um, we generate revenue and we, we do generate some profit, I, I intentionally look at how do we utilize those profits to build um, skills in other small businesses or utilize other small businesses and also how am I really it's kind of just this principle of uh, I've got this privilege how am I using my privilege to um, build up others because I know that I'm one of a um, few black owned female young young (laughs) youngish female owned businesses in the data space and even in the m space and um, that has been quite like a it's been a a hectic journey to to build data innovator up from like this small one man job. Um, And so I'm kind of just like always identifying opportunities that I can either share my knowledge or use what we've um, what we've created to set up initiatives to build skills or bring other team members on involved into like certain projects that I know it's actually gonna it's gonna boost your CV. It's gonna allow you to access a, a new job in data. Um, also, keeping in mind that you know the data field is growing, and I I feel that many young people are not equipped to to access the opportunities that are gonna be waiting for us, and it's gonna be even more so for young black individuals. And so If I'm in the space, it's kind of my responsibility to make sure that I'm doing something to, you know, I'm not, I'm not just here to, you know, do the fun data stuff and make some money. But actually, if I know I'm building a space that's growing, am I intentionally helping those around me? And so some of the things, the initiatives that I'm involved with, I'm a, I'm a legacy board member of the South African ME Association. And through my work there, um, so I was on the board for three years. And I still, you know, contribute and work with the board. Um, I often like will run free workshops to help build capacity. And I was quite intentional about making sure that we had like data streams or data partners within the ME Association, so that um, that then helps kind of boost the the value of data and data skills in the monitoring and evaluation space. Um, I also speak, yeah, at quite a few conferences, particularly on panels that are around. Um, like data governance, um, ethical data use, responsible data communication. Those are some of the areas that I, I, I enjoy speaking about and contributing to kind of the discourse in the development space. Um, we also have a training, we've got actually two training programs. One, it's called Data Artistry, which we've designed uh, particularly for development organizations um, and providing kind of an in-house skills development program Often we can only teach so much, and then we come in and support with the rest. But at least we know that we've kind of imparted some of the, you know, identifying how can I better use data skills, how can I communicate this better, which we see is lacking in the development space. And I we recently launched, um, actually it's still in development, but it's a, a online data learning program called Data Heroes, which is really around. Um, targeted at young people so young professionals they want to boost their data skills and the plan is to build this up from a very entry-level data skills right up to kind of an advanced program and to create a community of young data professionals so we've already used the space then uh, to do a few virtual discussions but also a place to share information on un- upcoming job opportunities or just various resources to boost your data skills as a young professional entering the space. Um, yeah, and I'm also I just recently joined the responsible data, the responsible data governance in M&E working group. So that's kind of my next place of contributing to the data space.
0: I feel uh, a little bit um, like I should be doing more uh, of the yearly goal of yeah. that. Uh, that, it sounds like you are super busy, gee whiz. Uh like how are you managing time with all of this or is that it just sort of piecemeals and you're just steering the boat and or are you like deeply involved in all of this, like is there like for other business owners and business managers, uh, you know, what, what does that kind of day look like for you, what's that stretch look like for you uh, at the moment, um, having all of these things okay. on your plate?
1: Yeah, I'm a bit of a crazy person, so I think that helps a lot, um, doing many things, <laughs> because I, I, I generally take on uh, lots of things, because it's I, I, thri- I thrive with um, a little bit of chaos, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't do well, so it's, I think personally, I thrive in that space of being able to have my hands in many places, it also makes me a good entrepreneur, because I can like deal with many balls in the air. Um, but yeah, like the every like my day. Um, I think I do have some structure. Honestly, I have ups and downs. I haven't figured out like the whole balance balancing act just yet. I don't think anyone has, so I don't have like a, a formula for this. Is like I don't work four hours a week and then life happens. But I mean, I generally have a day that's I've I've tried like setting up the really like structured ways of organizing my day. I've got a board here where I do like my, you know, that, that quadrant prioritization mm-hmm. and then I move my flip. It, it helps somewhat. And then I use that to kind of plan like my, my calendar is, is my organization space where I'm like, these times I do this, there are times that I block out where it's like kid time or on Wednesdays um, in the afternoon. Usually it's like my personal writing time. Um, so I try kind of like block out time for things. I'm not... At, I think some of the, the other things are a little bit piecemeal at the moment. Often I'm kind of setting up and then handing over. Uh, when I was part of the South African Immunity Association, I must say I, at those three years I was fully immersed. But um, since departing, I'm now kind of contributing to the space, writing this or being involved in a talk here and there, which um, is not as intensive. And because it's things I enjoy, it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't feel like it's a, a lot of additional time so yeah and I think also like because I've built up a team and I'm constantly trying to build up people often they take on certain things and it makes the load a bit easier to carry
0: yeah yeah that's great stuff I mean so when because you you sound like a very busy person and uh, you're probably quite interactive you know 2020 has been a just a uh, unprecedented year in terms of you know what we expected it to be we all started off the new year with the phrase twenty plenty i mean we, uh, and then it was just uh, twenty what <laughs> and so <laughs> how, how how have you how have you navigated this this uh, pandemic how have you navigated this lockdown mm. um, or uh, what what and what kind of got you through this
1: yeah, that's a deep question. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like that's a deep question for many people. Um, I mean, I can talk about it from like a personal side and then just from a pragmatic, how I got work done side. I mean, from the personal side, like for everyone, lockdown has been, um, it's been pretty hard because, you know, it was a balancing act of I went like, it, you know, all of a sudden I was a teacher. Um I was a I was a teacher, I was a mom, I became like felt like I was the PA to my husband. We were fighting over space. Like it was just a hell of a lot to be thrown into and then still try to operate as a, you know, a businesswoman, a professional. And, you know, being torn like in these many spaces. So the beginning was quite challenging. I'm I'm sometimes quite pedantic about like organizing things, and I think that literally took like a whiteboard off the wall and put it in our dining room and i was like okay child number one this is what your day looks like child number two child husband this is when you involved this is when you involve." and then it that we kept that up for a while it didn't last so i was that annoying mom where i'm like no i've got my stuff i've got a plan you know everything's i've got the things printed for school this is you on this time you're doing that And then I was exhausted. I'm like, actually, you know what? I can't anymore. I can't manage like four timetables of things. And then it was a bit of a freestyle through COVID and managing like the personal things and being like, okay, you know what? You're not exercising for two weeks, whatever, because you just can't, like you emotionally just cannot. Mm -hmm. Your kids, um, they didn't do school today life happened it's fine you know what because you had to do a meeting while school was supposed to happen it didn't happen so it was kind of just like reaching a point of acceptance that I have no clue how to do it and then it, it worked out in terms of like the work side from a professional side I think we were pretty lucky in that we operated very virtually from the get-go like Data Innovator never had an office well we had an office space but we always operated as a virtual business we are place with a place we can go to but we could literally like pack up put like a box in the boot and we were done with you know we we moved out yeah. i mean now i've got a, a office now but it's really just my my storeroom um so we were able to move to the virtual mode of working pretty easily we had like systems in place like using monday.com for tracking team tasks we were you know document management was all virtual communication was pretty virtual because our team was often moving around. So I think we, we, we found a a way around the operating. We did have changes in our clients. Um, so I mean, we've had some clients, we we've had to come like create different payment terms because they were affected by it. So it mean, obviously they were cutting down consultants, um, that we've had to change certain contracts. Uh, what I did do kind of, I think a month into lockdown, I just had like a little bit of a month to think about like how the heck are we gonna deal with this? We don't know what's happening in the next few months. Um, we had a pipeline, but that pipeline was kind of changing. We had you know access to capital to keep us like you know to do whatever we needed to do. And so I did I ra- ran a kind of virtual campaign um, to- focusing on my existing clients. Um, and I called it the data acceleration plan. But I, I, I basically took took our services and we looked at how, creating like affordable offerings to these clients. Um, and then I launched that directly and like really it went like strong on business development to say, you know, we, these it's kind of like a, a once off offer. It's really affordable to make sure we locked a few opportunities down before people made even bigger decisions to cut us out. So that, that helped us. Um, I mean, we didn't get a heck of a great um, hit rate on it but it did kind of alert people to you know they're still offering things at an uh, affordable rate that like we can still access the solutions without going completely big like we kind of da- did the we thinking um we, we're thinking conservatively for you before they needed to question us so th- that helped us pull together a couple of new opportunities just secure our pipeline for the next uh, few years and we boosted. We have a partnership, an existing partnership. So we just kind of pulled that partnership closer with another organization. They are donor funded, and so that also gave us. Uh, it's given us a bit of cushioning to to continue managing through. But I mean, it's yeah. And, and through it all, it's also a lot of like flexibility around how the team has operated, um, because like within our team, even with our partners, we had we've I had COVID. Um, we've had uh, a family member pass away with COVID within the team. So it's been like just emotionally draining and, you know, coming up with new strategies that actually the team can't operate in this way. Um, We're not doing any face-to-face things. Um, If somebody has COVID, this is kind of the plan. Yeah, it was a lot of thinking on the fly, coming up with strategies to just, survive it was like kind of a survival mode
0: yeah but it sounds like you did some of the the basic uh you know business 101 when it comes to business development it's uh um, an existing client is easy to reacquire than a new client and just speaking into that so um you know uh, it's one of the advice i always people ask me like about sales or what should they do and i say do you have an existing client base yes okay uh go speak to them (laughs) go tell them you're doing this go ask them like a question say um, I've you know uh, the simple thing is uh, uh, to say look we've, we've we've got availability due to the lockdown you know uh, some projects got cancelled if you need stuff done we we here for you you know I like to use the I'm here for you uh, I find it is, it's got a, a, a sweet uh, a sound to it when customers hear that when you say you know even a sales pitch hey Jerusha, hope you are well. Um, I know this is tough times. I just want you to know I'm here for you. That's it. And generally, I get a reply: thanks, or hey, I was thinking about you, or it's you know it's such a coincidence you emailed or you contacted or you phoned, um, and that generates a, a lot of of new business. And it's never all the people. It's but it's a percentage, you know. It's better than nothing uh, every every time. And so each one of those iterations gets you in the momentum of. Uh, you know new contracts and building and stuff like that so it's a bit of uh, so what's this the, the headcount the size of your company now what are you on you you want you said you built it up from just yourself and now you are yeah
1: thinking? so we we less one no we're not we, we actually um I still kept it lean but we are we five employees but then we've got I always forget the number we got six uh, associates okay yeah. So, it's, it's the five core people that are like full time operational. And then we've got the associates. The one she's pretty much full time, but um, yeah, they kind of spread around on projects. And then we've got ad hoc consultants. So, I started with that model and then I kept it, but I've just made like where I was having ad hoc consultants, I reduced that and then made certain key people technical associates. And that gave them this kind of space to do other things as well, because they were pretty, they kind of, they're the more high cost um, team members and, um, but they're high quality. And then the core is like the, the mid-level professionals um, that are, yeah, that, that can take on multiple tasks. So, yeah, that's, and, and usually we're operating at the between, at around like nine, nine team members at a time on average yeah. depending and sometimes it might be higher if we've got a certain yeah you know, more projects on the go or more projects starting up so yeah that's that's our size currently but also with our partnership we've got kind of a we've got a team of about five people that we have access to but they're not our employees we yeah. we just we work with them as a resource
0: and that must be like obviously going through this uh, lockdown and the pandemic uh you know it's, it's it's five to nine different uh, personalities that you need to deal with. People that are are unsure of what was happening, and and now that we've come through, uh, we've been in, in, in level one for almost two months now. You know what, what 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 have you learned? What have you learned through this whole process of of going through that, focusing uh, down on a on a business development plan, uh, working through your with your team members, hopefully not losing too many of your core team and and then now being in a position where you you're approaching the end of year uh, what is that core lessons that you've learned that you want to share with people
1: I, I think one of the the core lessons i've learned is about you know it's it's a more personal thing is actually just about like remembering compassion in business because i think that before COVID and even like during like the the kind of hype of me trying to make a plan and making sure that we were uh, we were sustained. Is that sometimes we get so get, we get so caught in like the, that bottom line, making sure we're making money, making sure we're moving. And I think that this shift during COVID definitely taught me a lot about compassion, especially because I'm I can be pretty hard. I'm like, okay, you are sick, fine, take a day off, get back up, get moving. But now COVID time, it was it wasn't like that. It was like, you know, I had a family member who passed away with COVID. We have to totally like, okay, take what you need. I'm not going to say see you on Monday. It's just like you ha- we have to think about like people are operating in, in a, a really strained environment. And um, yeah, we need to take compassion to another level in order to be productive. And actually that has helped a lot because being the old school, you know what? you know, take a panado and, and get back to work situation wasn't <laughs> there. Wasn't just the just dust it, just
0: going. dust it off, just dust it
1: off. <laughs> yeah, just dust it off, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and it got worse because when I had COVID, I was like, I right, had COVID, move on. And I'm like, actually, no, you cannot be that person. Like we can't operate this way. People are our clients. Everyone is going through and actually by being the compassion, like you were saying, like, I'm here for you. It gives you access to the human that you're working with and makes that person be more productive but it also opens up those doors to other people who are all going through things and saying okay let's talk about life and let's not talk about work afterwards and yeah so that that's one of the the biggie lessons that i've learned that yeah it's
0: compassion it's, it's definitely yeah i'll tell you the one of the things that i learned uh, was that I'm, I'm 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 working too hard i mean i've been running a company for, for almost 13 years now and um, mm. you know i built the company up to over 30 people and and lots of revenue and lots of clients lots of headaches and um i actually realized that that i was building the wrong dream you know um or as 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 building a building but using the wrong ladder and so 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 i've 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 actually sort of working less now um i figured out what i really want from a because, because we're human, you know, people say money is not important. I say, yeah, okay, cool. Then give me all your money and then tell me how not important money is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, uh, while I money is not the most important thing, you know, it's not a primary thing. It is essential for our, yep. our, our sustained lifestyle choices. And so what I've done um, is I've actually made different lifestyle choices where I've given up a lot of things that were actually just noise in my life um, and I figured out what is the the reasonable lowest amount of money I need to earn every month to to live a life that I'm happy with. And mm. now that I've done, I've gone through that process, I'm working. I mean, I used to work 200 plus hours a month and I'm working mm. now like 110 hours a month. Uh, which is a mind shift for me and and probably some of that only about eighty of those hours are like cash generating hours, like money generating mm-hmm. hours. I'm doing other things also that I enjoy, which was like it was just like I never knew that that could happen um you know, so money's still important. I still am focused yeah. on generating money generating revenue um and but I'm also focusing on doing other things and and what happened was that. I started doing these kind of things, interviewing people, like just having a conversation. Let's let's talk, let's talk to each other, and I'm learning so much about like other people's journeys and what they've done, not just uh, through this uh, uh, lockdown, uh, but just in life also. And you know the kind of war stories that we were able to swap, and I'd never have made time to do these kind of things, and I've not m- sort of made the conscious decision to choose my work style and my money style um, mm. and and those kind of things so I mean you, you, you I think you're doing it right you've got a, a lean team I did it like I, and there's nothing wrong with it it's just a choice everyone yep. has different choices but for me where I'm at now like building a big team is no longer a, a consideration for me it's I'm mm. I'm happy to just have a diverse pie diverse income. Uh, Where I'm actually getting paid now to do video editing. It's weird. I'm not a like, <laughs> like people hire me to, to create like video edit and do course, help them with coursework and help them edit like online courses. Uh, I'm getting paid to do keynote uh, talks, which do we look? I don't know if you've ever done a keynote talk over a, a Zoom or Teams meeting and. Um, you know, because I love the interaction of the people. You yeah. can see them smiling, you know, when you try to land yeah. a joke.
1: Yeah, you just talking to yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, not, not even talking to yourself, you're talking to a little camera thing. it's a piece of technology <laughs> that you're looking at and, uh, you know, you try to uh, hold the audience and you don't know if they're being held or not. And everyone's mics are muted, so uh, so yeah, I try to do that. But I've been able to do that and now some other things have, have come out of that taking a step back from just working putting myself mm-hmm. deep into work has allowed other things to to flourish and to grow out of that so that's been a, that's my takeaway was was um not just continuing to do things like as it were it was actually making a like reevaluating some of the choices i made in my life and and i mean if if anyone watching this if, uh, you might be happy if you were happy then that's great like do you I was not mm. in a happy place. I went through, like, depression. I was frustrated. Mm. I, I was challenged, you know, when we weren't hitting our, our sales targets, which is arbitrary number we made up. <laughs> you know, we weren't mm. hitting that number. I was devastated and, like, we didn't need to hit that number. It's just a number. Like, what? Do, why do we have that number? Oh, these things. Like, Do we need those things? Uh, no. Okay, take it away. <laughs> And then the number changed and it was just easier just to, you know, to uh, make life decisions then. And so anyway, that's way too much about me. This is all about you. No, but
1: but I mean, well done, though, because I mean, that's important decisions that you made. And yeah, I can like I can totally resonate with this. I think often we get caught, especially if you're entrepreneurial, like it's, it's your kind of your nature to to want to build more and create more and do more and then you forget, like, what, like, you're like, wait a minute, but like, 10 steps back, I've, I wanted this, and I'm here, but now I'm, I'm wanting another 10 steps, and you, yeah, so COVID has definitely been like, you know what, you, you thought you, you wanted to arrive here, and now you're here, but you're still, you're still continuing, and now, so what's the, what just happened, and you have to like, stop and be like, actually, yeah, I appreciate um, how far I've come, but maybe I've gone past my mark already, and but it, it is, it's a hard, it's a hard decision as well, because you have like these attachments to, yeah, but now you're going to have to let go of that amount you had in your bank account. Okay, maybe we're not going to have those meals that you really like, but I mean, you've done it and you've obviously come to the point of like, actually, I could, you can do it. It's fine. And yeah, It's so it, it but that was a big step.
0: Yeah so um you know so there's a lot of different business people that I, I have these kind of conversations with and they've all had a different approach to you know going through through COVID and going through any sort of i think this is the 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 the, the molding pot for how we deal with um business challenges going forward like if your business made it through this i think like you are got now new superhero power because like there's nothing that would let's hope and fingers crossed, touch wood, all the salt over the shoulder, all the things, uh, is that nothing worse could happen. Like what could be worse in this? Um, you know, uh, we had in 2008, where the, the world financial crisis, you know, they call it the housing market, but it was really just the, the market in general financial crisis. Um, you know, and, and, and if you made it through that thing, then that was great. And then now we have this, and so if you made it through this, you know, even more so, uh, I've known a lot of people that started businesses like through this pandemic, mm. you know, different kind of businesses, a lot of PPE businesses, and that was obviously people really to 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 take the opportunities that were presented. But other other apps I've launched, you know, uh, I, I see the uh, Bantu shoes, uh, just doing amazing things, growing so big. Uh, I need to maybe just go get a pig because I've never seen, I always see the CEO on LinkedIn, but I never see the shoes, which is weird. Oh, no, they should show the shoes. I need
1: to check, yeah, I need to check it out. I a, yeah. Yeah. I always check out local shoemakers. Yeah, <laughs> <to> produce <it.
0: laughs> So, so in in somebody trying to get into 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 uh, data, uh, you know, what is your advice for them? Um, you know, maybe maybe they they are busy studying something now and they want to switch over, or they're working in an environment where they might be in uh, MNA and they they're looking at what you're doing and they are, are interested they say can i can i make that switch uh from an ops person into the data person and what is the key things that you say that they need to do this do we start with the degree or where do we go
1: yeah i think it's um i mean you could start with a degree if you feel that you want to have um, a sector specialization i think that it's important to possibly get the degree like I particularly wanted to work in health sector and um, in epidemiology for a period. And so that made sense for me to enter my data career through public health. Um, But for some people, it's um, it's really kind of where you want to special specialise. And I always refer to the data value chain because I think that's also a useful place to kind of see where actually your passion and your interest lies. Are you somebody that, you know, loves the data communication or have, you know, you've always found that that's a space that you want to work in. Are you somebody that is interested in data collection? Um, are you somebody that, you know, wants to focus on data management and tools for that? So I think one is like figuring out like, are you, do you want to go sector specialist? that in that case, do consider a degree or diploma in that place. If you're somebody that's more generalist and I've kind of moved into a more generalist space where I want to do data communication in environmental affairs or education, then I think it's not necessary to um, to get the degree, but do get some build your skills up, whether it's online training or on the job training. In the part of the value chain that you really want to work on. If you find that you know you've excelled at um, greater data visualization, then you can start boosting your skills uh, pool, kind of in the other areas. Maybe you want to go into statistical analysis and so on. Because I find that you know the data skills is broad. It's a lot of things, and even data scientists nowadays they have like the maybe like some of the computing skills and certainly the ai skills machine learning skills but they're not necessarily great at communication or they're not necessarily great at actually the statistical analysis part so it's really hard to try and do it all so really like identify what do you you love um i love health and i love communication and then find a way to build the skills there whether it's the online training on the job training i have found that doing kind of practical projects like even with my fellow data nerd friends we'll just like identify um, like some some time back we a friend and I looked at budget data and we're like let's and let's find ways to analyze that and then we'll kind of do a a personal project where we said okay we want to learn R and we want to learn text analysis with R and Excel um, and one other tool and then we do a project together and then we come up with our own kind of it's for no financial gain it's really just our interest in the thing Um, and we've done a few visualization projects like that as well where I found that was the best way for me to then pick up skills because I there was no time pressure no money pressure and it gave me room to experiment Um, and then when I didn't know something I quickly either like google it or go to the course so I know things like open up South Africa um, and there are a few and of course like things like course era they've got a lot of options for short programs I mean, even Data Innovate. If you go to our website, they, we we've published like a couple of free resources and blogs on certain topics like social network analysis, text analysis, dashboards. Where if you're interested in it, you can start there and then just pull a couple of resources and build your skills from there. But definitely, like think about like where do you want to start, and then focus them. Don't just go do a data science degree and you're actually not sure what you want to do with that.
0: Yeah, I love that approach about experimenting, having fun, you know, do personal projects. Um, I found that, um, you know, when I uh, spoke about like I've got hired to edit videos, I'm I'm IT I'm deep in IT programming. Uh, I moved into data very early in my career uh, just because somebody like a business user and I like talking to people and figuring out what they're doing, understanding the business and a business user says, well, I need a report. And I was, what's a report? (laughs) You know, this is Mm -hmm. back in the 90s. And so I was like, okay, cool. And I built something, I figured out how to do it. And then that's, I just kept learning by just doing, uh, rather than, you know, trying to figure it all out in the beginning. Especially if you're young, I don't know Mm -hmm. anybody. I don't know a single adult, my age in 40 plus where they just, they, they started out, uh, with X and they, they just a bigger X now, you know, it's nobody follows that path. Everyone goes through a journey, and that's the whole point, like life is a journey. There's no wrong decision whether you d- decide to study, whether you decide not to study. It's OK, like, but do something. The worst mm-hmm. thing you can do is to do nothing and sit in uh, indecision all the time. Uh, should I do this? Should I do that? Like uh, I had somebody asking me about should they do the MBA or should they go do this? then Whatever. And I say, what do you want to do? She says, I want to do the MBA and I say, go do that. Just go yeah. do that. <laughs> Like, don't listen to people's advice because that's what you want to do. Go do an MBA. And then when you finish, you finish. And then you can do that other stuff instead of doing the other yeah. stuff and, and not doing the thing that you actually want to do, you know. And I've, I've always found that, I, like, with doing those experiments, like you said, you know, when you play around with the technology and you're able to do it and people will see that you can do it, then the opportunities open up for you it's mm. like instead of the reverse you're looking for the opportunities to go learn how to do the thing like nobody's gonna hire inexperienced people to do something to learn how to do it we don't nobody has that that capacity the budget the you know the finances to float your learning experience so so go out and play around with it and there's tons of free resources and speaking of training yeah. so on data innovator you said you're launching a training program is this a a, a free resource or online resource that people can sign up and join or Uh, is is it the amount that they need to pay the small nominal fee to gain amazing skills
1: so there are the two things so the data artistry one is which is a a paid for program and we've been running the data artistry program for about uh it's now three years um and we've tailored it obviously because of um, COVID to operate virtually the main unique value is that that's designed specifically for um, a company's context or an organization's context using their data. The data, uh, the data heroes is kind of a it's a startup. So I mean we're still tailoring what that looks like. Data artistry is more established. Um, but the intention is that it's going to be a mix of free and low cost. So it has to be it's an actually we, we want that to be built up into an MPC um, arm of data innovator. But um, we, I want data skills to be accessible. So, but I also know that sometimes a little bit of financial um, investment means you're more committed to completing it uh, than when it's completely free. So that's the, that's the only reason why they some will have a fee to it. At the moment, there's only one kind of free um, entry-level data skills. Um, uh, um learning program and there's also a few resources on there as well um i think the one other thing that i forgot to mention which we're going to relaunch a few about a month mu- two months ago we also ran the data skill survey which was part of our our data heroes efforts and so that will be running again so i'll definitely like put that on linkedin and a few other pages which is really for us together we'll we'll launch the report um next month which is really showcasing like what are currently, what are the current skills gaps among um, African youth? And we wanted that, we want to use that to really drive the the cause and like say actually there's a media, um, not enough people have the right skills and actually we're finding that even people with the right data skills are not accessing data op- the right data opportunities or unemployed. So that's the other, but is where we're creating this database, which we want to use for young people to then access data opportunities by being on this database of, um, yeah, data-skilled individuals. But currently, it's dataheroes.org has one course and it's got some free resources. And if people are interested in the company organization, tailored program, the data artistry program, that's with data innovator so i'm i'm sure i hopefully you'll be able to share like some of my contact details but yeah for sure datainnovator.com is the so all the links the will be in, the,
0: in the descriptions uh, on the blog page we can uh, yeah. reach out to jerusha and get more context or go to DataHero.org and sign up for the course uh, i agree with you you know spending a little bit of money on a course uh, does does increase that commitment to partake Uh, I also launched a a course recently, it's my Data to Dashboard, my signature course about how to use Excel with Mm. no functions to produce amazing reports. And uh, people are always amazed. It's like, why would you need to know you must have the VLOOKUP function? And I say, no, you don't. (laughs) Uh, It's just if you understand data first. And one of the big things that I teach in this course, uh, spend the bulk of the time teaching is how to structure your data. Because people aren't mm. thinking about that it's the it's the beginning of when you get all this data how to get it together so that you can tell that story so you can produce it report. once it's in the right structure creating the report it doesn't matter what tool you use now i, I use excel just because that's a, a, a widely used business tool um but mm-hmm. if even if you're using an, an advanced tool if the data is not structured in the right way you're going to get problems down the line, that's why you need these complex functions, the complex things to do, uh, because you yep. need to fit the data together and fix this and whatever it is. So yeah, and I also yep. ask people I ask people to invest, invest in themselves, invest in the course, and we're actually creating a community around it. It's not just the course, uh, there's you know, o- open uh, office hours where we jump into particular topics that the, the, the people, I'd say members, but it's just a once or fee. Um, the people that have bought the course then can participate in live uh, sessions where we go through the questions uh, and help them work through uh, things that they're struggling with um, whether it be in Mm -hmm. their work or because your work life and your personal life it's the same really it's you on both sides of that and if you're struggling in work you know you're going to come home and you're not going to be a happy person because you're struggling at work something's frustrating you your mind's going to be there and so that's the point point. and I know that it might sound silly but I really believe the work I do fixing reports helping you know reports uh, people produce their business reports easier quicker and more accurate I, I really believe that I'm helping change lives because they're happier and, uh, mm-hmm. and I often get that feedback because we'll say you showed me the simple thing it saved me two days every week because now I don't have to do that manually uh, and that makes me very very, very happy so yeah <laughs> Jerusha, just as we as we as we sort of to close off here, uh, you know, what's the what's the one thing that you really wish the world knew that they don't know today, or you feel they don't know, that you want to share with them, you want to get that message out that the world needs to know this thing.
1: My goodness. Richard, you ending off with such a, a heavy question. <laughs> I think I'm gonna, I mean, there are many things I'd love the world to know, but if I focus it really on like the, the space that I work, which is in development, is that I feel like there's a lot of solutions that that lie, like a lot of the development and like the world's problems really lies with us. Um, and I mean like us as in the young, um, the eager, and the ones that we're not we're not the experts just yet. And often we feel like actually the solutions lie with the them, the the guy that's got the ten PhDs and has worked in the field for many years. And I mean, in the work that I do with, the, like like you were saying, that sometimes you, you you know you look at the information or you speak to people and you realize actually the answers are right there. So I think that's the the one thing I want to leave is that actually, um, particularly for those young people entering a data space or a data career or wanting to be a data entrepreneur, that um, we shouldn't really doubt that we we have the capacity to learn, um, the, the, learn the new tools or new applications or new whatever. And that actually we do have, um, we, we, we have enough know-how to take those different things and offer important solutions. And I think that's there's a big need for that because we've got a lot of like old fogies have done it the way they've done it for many years, that are sitting in places, high places, making big decisions for us. And I think that, yeah, we, we need to uh, actually be a lot more confident and assertive in that actually, we've got a couple of solutions in our back pockets and we need to start yeah, doing more with it. And I think data is a good place um, to do that. Like just build your data skills, use dating as a kind of a weapon, maybe not a weapon, but a tool <laughs> that can really like, change development, it can be a weapon
0: though, but it should be a tool. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, awesome, thanks so much. Uh, again, everyone, my name is Vindrije and my guest has been Jerusha Governor and we both data nerds and it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'll link to all the descriptions, all uh, the links to all the things will be in the description uh, and it's been amazing, thank you so much again to my guest Jerusha